0: Hi, I'm your host, Carmen. I'm a preschool teacher, a certified life coach, and an ADHDer who is diagnosed later in life. I am my own advocate, so I decided to create this podcast to help people cope with, learn about this complex neurodevelopmental disorder, and feel an authentic, Sense of connection in this community. Are you ready? Let's get started. It is time for the review of the week. This one comes from Misty. She says, This podcast is so awesome. I don't even have ADHD. But it helps anybody who struggles with mental health, like anxiety, depression, or anything that impedes thoughts and being organized and getting on time. Thank you so much, Missy, for your kind words. I love it. Back to the show. Hi, my friend. How are you? I just wanted to thank you for pressing play on yet another episode of Authentically ADHD with me. So today's topic is imposter syndrome and self-sabotage. I have some great news to start off this podcast. Um, these are thoughts and distortions and cognitive thinking patterns that every human has. So I want you to sit with that for a second. Not just ADHDers struggle with this. We struggle with it in a different way, but it's a human behavior. So, when I was thinking about doing a really good topic for today, and since it will be September, this episode, when this episode goes live, I decided to talk about something this season that it brings this for a lot of people, not just ADHDers, but especially if you have ADHD or ADHD tendencies, you are a little more apt to experience how stress affects our symptoms and self-sabotage and imposter syndrome. So today we're going to talk about how those things affect us, what it is, and what What happens to you um, so you can recognize it in your own way and how it happens for you and Start practicing the skills to reduce the sabotaging of our goals so we can live life happier and achieve the goals we set out So like I said uh, this is normal for all human beings this concept is and Behavior is in all humans, but in ADHD brains, especially adults with the condition Diagnosed later it is prevalent and a little hard to notice if you're not aware of it So the brain is great, but it could be our best friend or our worst enemy Our brains serve two major purposes to perfect protect and to perform So the protecting part I like to call it like the caveman brain because sometimes it works like this. It is great because it could be useful in protecting us from, say, burning our hand on like, the stove by not touching it as a response from an earlier experience, for example, being told not to touch it, getting burned by the stove, or seeing someone else get burned. It's not so useful when it tries to bring up evidence from your past experiences to prove that you can't try something new or try something hard again, or try something new and hard. For example, you want to lose weight, but crashed and burned the last four times you tried, or remember when you failed at that big project? Your brain tries to bring up all this evidence to convince you that you're not good enough to make you not do the thing. It's trying to protect you from feeling uncomfortable. Hey, adhd -er, I see you. Are you looking for a community of people, possibly with a fabulous leader of people with ADHD, a community in which you finally feel like you belong? Because I found it. Kristen Carter created Focused. Head to my show notes to sign up for the ADHD program for adults by Kristen Carter. Head to my show notes and use that link and you'll get $50 off your first payment. You won't regret it, my friend. All right, back to the show. I'm going to repeat that again for emphasis. It's protecting you from feeling uncomfortable. So it's protecting you from something it perceives. Your brain is perceiving something as dangerous because it's not used to feeling those different, difficult emotions that come along with trying something new or hard or new and hard or trying again after you have failed. So here's the thing. Our brains are wired real weird and they crave to feel good all the time. Now we know logically We can't feel good without feeling bad, because we wouldn't know what good felt like if we didn't feel bad. So we are not meant to feel good all the time. But each person has a specific set point where they are comfortable. And this goes for weight, money, uh, the amount of children you have, basically anything in life that has a set comfort point. So here's an example. Think about it. Um, You live in a house, or you have a certain amount of money in your bank account. That you have a set point that is comfortable, that you get uncomfortable if it goes lower in that amount in your bank account, and you try to get it back up to that set amount, say it's $50, um, it may fluctuate a lot, just like your weight, but you have a comfortable set point that it usually ranges around, that it stays around. So this goes for, like I said, how much you weigh, how much money is in your bank account, how well you do at your job and at home the amount of things you have, we are all comfortable at a certain number, even if we don't necessarily like that number. You following me? Because say you usually have a minimum of $50 in your bank account. You'd like it to be higher, but it would require work, whether that's starting a business, getting a new job, or what have you that's most likely going to be uncomfortable for a while until you raise the amount and raise your comfort set point. The same goes for like weight. We don't want to be a certain weight, say we're overweight or underweight, but losing or gaining weight is uncomfortable. Your brain does not like things that are uncomfortable or things that are not familiar remember they want to protect us so we back away they don't know the difference between something new that's going to help you and something new that's not going to protect you like something new that's going to hurt you so imposter syndrome happens when you start to meet those goals and achieve those goals saving the money losing the weight creating that successful business that brings us above our comfortable set point, leading us to feel like we have imposter syndrome, like we are an imposter because we don't feel like the person that can do those things. We don't We don't think that we are the person that can save money. We don't think we are a person that can lose weight. We have a comfort set point. So imposter syndrome is... Is trying to self sabotage you. Imposter syndrome is part of it. Once you get above that set point, that comfortable area, imposter syndrome could set in. So watch out for it. Because it leads us to feel like our negative internal thoughts are true. And it prevents us from believing we can do hard things. But friends, we can do hard things, we are not robots. We are going to have bad days. We will all mess up. And this is why how we think and feel about ourselves is so important. I'm going to repeat for emphasis. Lean in here, my friend. This is why how we think and feel about ourselves is so important. Otherwise, We hold ourselves to this ridiculously high standard or expectation that no human could ever reach, and eventually we burn out and feel like a failure. That is not helping anybody. (laughs) So here are some telltale signs that you might be self-sabotaging. So I want to invite you to, if you identify with any of these following things, I invite you to journal about it. Pause the show and ask yourself, where does this come up in my life? Which one comes up for me most? And then ask yourself, why do you think that is? Be gentle with yourself. And most important, be honest or else this will get you nowhere. Be honest with yourself and be gentle with yourself. So, some indicators of... Self-sabotage are feelings of overwhelm and thought distortions. When those start popping up, start writing it down, start journaling it out. (laughs) The next one is avoidance. When you notice you're purposefully staying away from people and situations that cause discomfort, yep, that's self-sabotage coming along. Another one is procrastination putting off any productive, massive action steps due to the fear of failure or rejection. So we don't do it. So keep an eye out for that one. And then the next one is having a fixed mindset. So when you notice yourself, start saying, well, this is just how I am. So I'm just going to give up. This is just me. I just can't own a business or I just can't save money. Friend, that's not you. That's a fixed mindset. Growth mindset is where we want to be. <laughs> the next one is controlling others, attempting to direct another person's behaviors or situations that may provoke your anxiety. When you try to direct them in a different way, so that they so that they don't provoke your anxiety, but that's not emotionally healthy. Friends, we we should not be trying to control others. And then the next one is the exact opposite. It's pleasing others at your own expense. So this shows up in two different ways, being dependent on others for validations or making choices just to be accepted by others. So saying yes, um, even if it's at your own expense, like you have to give up something you wanted to do to do something for somebody else and you say yes. That's pleasing others at your own expense. We don't want to do that unless this person gives to you in that same way. We don't want to do that. The next one is a little harder to uh, spot because it's very, I don't want to say popular, but it's a um, technique that a lot of people use, which is engaging in what I call risky behavior. I mean, self-harm and with items like gambling, sex and eating disorders those things are not as common but using um, alcohol drugs gambling and eating a lot those are also engaging in risky behaviors because you have to notice you have to set yourself a limit of these behaviors yes it's okay to have a glass of wine yes it's okay to have a piece of cake just make sure you're not eating the whole cake try not to drink the whole bottle of wine in one sitting those are um, some of the risky behaviors that could also lead to those more serious ones. The next one is called uh, compare and despair. So that's like looking at what other people are doing and then really negatively comparing yourself. Like, oh my gosh, she did that so well. I could never do it that way. She's so much better than me. And then you just give up. <laughs> the next one is called perfectionism. And ADHDers tend to think that they that we don't um, have perfectionism. I am guilty of that. I didn't think perfectionism showed up in my life. But it's so sneaky, you guys. It's so sneaky. It tries to control the uncontrollable outcomes with getting ready to get ready or perfecting and perfecting and editing to avoid finishing. Perfectionism can show up as not wanting to do something before you have all of your research. So... Those are the indicators that you could be self-sabotaging. So let's talk about addressing that self-sabotage. Like I said earlier, all humans experience this. This is a a human behavior, not just an ADHD behavior. We just have a little bit of a harder time recognizing it. So when you're aware of it, it's easier to stop it. All humans experience self-sabotage years experience it more chronically. When this happens, it can devastate the outcomes in our lives. People use and toss around the term self-sabotage without really knowing what it means, which is when you undermine your own goals and values. That is the most simple way that I can put it. Self-sabotage is when you are undermining your own goals and values. And this can happen consciously or subconsciously. You may not know that it's happening. It could pop up outright, like with avoidance, or it can get sneaky with your thoughts, telling you, oh, well, you did so well this month. You went to the gym every day. You worked out every day. You should just skip tomorrow. Like, why do you even have to go? You don't have to go. Your brain will start telling you that. Or you journaled every day for two months. You, you don't have to do that. Don't set your alarm for that. That's dumb. So watch out for those sneaky thoughts. Make sure you stop, pause, and evaluate the feelings and the actual thought before acting on them. Because we can choose whether or not we want to believe our thoughts. Next is problematic positive thinking. Something else that tends to show up in self-sabotage is problematic positive thinking, which is thinking things like everything happens for a reason, or because I think positively, positive things will happen to me, or because I am a good person, good things will happen to me. You can spot positive problematic positive thinking or thoughts when they don't make sense logically, when you are kind of putting it out into the universe. It's almost like a manifestation thing where if I think it, it will happen. Or if I just believe it enough, it will happen. So don't let those sneaky, problematic, positive thinking thoughts get self-sabotage you either. This can look like, well, you know, I've, I have worked so hard. So good things are going to happen to me in the future. So I'm just going to stop doing this and that and that for my business and it'll just come to me. Mm, That's really not going to happen. Or if I just keep researching and researching, it'll be the best book ever. But if we never start writing the book, we won't have a product at the end of it. See where I'm getting with that? Okay. So watch out for these. Notice them and take time to stop journal and think about your goals and if your thoughts are helping you towards them or helping to steer you away from them. That's all for now. Stay authentic, my friends.